You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. All right. Hello, America. Welcome to another edition of Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism. You're listening to us uh, here at America's Web Radio. And uh, we had so much fun with our co-host last week, Alan Deal. A lot of you guys met her and online. And we're doing our Facebook Live. Again, we had more than a 1,000 views Woo-hoo! of the show thanks to your uh, shameless self-promotion and a little self-promotion from yours truly, I'm never afraid to do. But anyway, welcome back to the show. Um, I mean, you, you were pretty much a natural at this. I, can't, I cannot believe the on-air talent exuded by you uh, with, with very little preparation. I just said, come on into the studio. You got your hair did, put on a little lipstick, and... Man, you really dressed up. So we have the buoyant, the effervescent Ellen deal with us. How was your week? Oh, my gosh. Wonderful. And yeah. super excited about the debate coming up this evening between Pence and that other guy. Uh, Tim Kaine. Oh, yeah. Yes. No Tim. Kaine and Abel. They're quite different, though. Yes. No relation. So, well, I do think that both of them have sons in the military. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, both have sons who are Marines. Now, is this so, Herman and Tim or oh, Mike Pence and sorry, Tim? Change topics. Yeah. Mike Pence and Tim Kaine. Okay. Both and so they're facing off tonight in the uh, the vice presidential debate, a.k.a. an elephant dart to the neck for the... I'm kidding. It's going to be super exciting. They're actually bringing in Michael Buffer, Mr. Let's Get Ready to Rumble. He's going to be introducing the candidates tonight. And I hear they're going to have a dual at the end. Remember oh, the old no. day? Yeah, no, with that, it's going to be with like plastic swords, though. It's nothing too serious. Oh, my gosh. Well, is this a good time to talk about the raffle? I believe we should bring up this <laughs> raffle that you were able to kind of uncover right. online. Uh, we've got a good show today, folks. ZPolitics.com editor Christy Riggins calling in at uh, the uh, the 15-minute mark, and we'll be talking a little opportunity school district, or as detractors would say, an opportunist school district. Uh, so that'll be on the ballot this year as a constitutional amendment in Georgia, which uh, I think it's really Governor Deal's most important mission for his final two years is to improve some of these schools. We're going to be hearing about that, Bill, and we're also going to be talking to Weston Kirk from Millennials for Trump. He was just up in New York City, and uh, I enjoyed some of his live videos and pictures. He was on the 45th floor of some of these really highfalutin, fancy buildings, so he'll be calling in to talk about the race. It's been a it hasn't been a great week for Trump. Um, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about because uh, last week we had the uh, the debate. We wanted to make sure we covered uh, a little bit about it today. It because we covered some last week. It, he did lose a little ground in the polls. It seemed. Were you have you been keeping up with that? Well, and I actually very encouraging yesterday had a hot off the press and need to read it more closely email from a friend of mine that he's actually done a little creeping up in the polls in the last. He's been days. a little bit of a creeper. So <laughs> the, you know the wind creeping is good, and um, uh, <laughs> so you know I, I watched a speech that he did a rally uh, with a bunch of uh, generals and commanders of different branches yep. of the army. And he was answering a lot of questions for those guys that they really seem to like. I mean, when you talk about generals that have been in three different wars, they want to see the military strong yep. and bolstered up. And when you talk about the leader of a nation letting people know when we're going to go into a particular area or when we're going to attack in a particular area, that's not necessarily good. The element of surprise in a military right. environment is well, Good like thing. with uh, with the Obama administration basically saying we're leaving Iraq on this date, right? 
uh, we're leaving Afghanistan or we're leaving just 10,000 troops on this date, mm-hmm. don't you think maybe the enemies kind of, you know, use that for their advantage? I would say element of surprise <laughs> in war is a plus. Yeah, it is. So Michael Flynn, General Michael Flynn, one of uh, Trump's biggest uh, supporters and advisors. We had the privilege of uh, meeting him and seeing him in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And uh, Trump also has a consortium of about 90 other uh, generals that have endorsed him, according to a Fox News poll today, 47% of the military support him. So doing pretty well in that regard. I mean, all we have to do is mention Benghazi, and I would think that that would eliminate most military people from supporting Hillary Rodham Clinton. It should. That should do the ticket. Um, You know, you look at uh, things like Benghazi emails. And uh, can we talk about Trump's taxes? I would love to. Okay. Should we? So I think we should. Um, so <laughs> I mean, the, it's not like the media hasn't been talking about him. We we really need to be the ones talking about Right. Them. Well, here's the situation with that. Um, if the government has been auditing him, the IRS has been auditing Donald Trump for the last 15 years, that means they've been looking for something. They've been they trying have. to find something. Absolutely. And if they had found something, wouldn't they have brought that out during the primaries when people really yeah. wanted to squash him? <laughs> when he hadn't become the the nominee yet, so I think that whatever they're trying to bring up is well not true because they would have used it previously. And all of us use tax deductions. You can deduct the interest on your mortgage. Uh, what is anybody in the room that knows about mortgages? A little bit. Uh, you uh, <laughs> that's a the, it's a critical deduction for real estate agents and evil bankers like myself. Right. So if there's a place that we can use legitimate deductions and a businessman, particularly in real estate, you yeah. take a loss on one side, you can take it as a credit. It on was the a nine hundred and sixteen million um, loss that he. T- took on a person. It was amazing yesterday when the story came out. Google University issued 17.9 million CPA degrees I, just in one day. I saw, saw that somewhere. Did somebody post that somebody already? Somebody may have posted I that. I thought I needed to bring it to the masses. Though. Yeah. Um, so, but the point being, if you have that big of a loss, then surely you can spread it out over 20 years or however long. And honestly, mm-hmm. I think it does make him smart. Why should you pay more? None of us are going to give more money to the government. No, no. In fact, they have given people like uh, uh, Warren Buffett and a bunch of these uh, these ultra-rich leftists, they've actually given them the opportunity to say, hey, go ahead and write an extra $1 million, $1 billion, whatever, and just donate it to the IRS. And what do people like uh, Bill Gates and, and the rest of their ilk do? They set up their own foundations that are right. these, these quasi-charitable groups. And what do they do? They they evade taxes with it. So, mm-hmm. And I would – don't get me wrong. I would much rather have somebody like Bill Gates who's very smart. I would much rather have him in charge of his money than to give it to the federal government who produces boondoggles like Solyndra. Mm. Think about the $916 million that Donald Trump has uh, has claimed. Imagine the U.S. government could have financed two Solyndras there with you all go. that money. And this is exactly the kind of guy that I want in charge of my country and why my vote's going to Donald J. Trump because he knows how to work within the system, within the laws, and to just get us the most bang for our buck. Did I mention he's Scottish? No, you didn't. And I did not mention last time. Okay. Is that that why they were calling him Trump on some of these uh, comedy shows? I am not sure. But um, Donald Trump's mother's maiden name is McLeod, and my mother's maiden name is McLeod. So you're a Mick. I don't. M-A-C. With an (laughs) M-A-C. 
Um, but as far as... I knew I had a bunch of mix on the show here. There you go. Uh, real estate, though, it's called a net operating loss. Okay. So when you uh, take the loss from a previous year and spread it out over future years, net operating loss. It's legit. Is there an acronym for that? NOL? Uh, d- d- w- there is now. What's up, NOL? <gasps> NOL? I don't know. So, Does that yeah. work? Yep. I okay. mean, you just manage your debt as much as you manage your profit. Why right. not? Right, and the idea that he doesn't pay any taxes, I mean, sure, when you when you have a company that has thousands and thousands of employees, there's this thing called a payroll tax. Now, a lot of people that have never signed the front of a check, they don't know what the payroll tax is, except that's the Social Security and the FICA that comes out of your uh, your check. Your employer actually has to match that every time you get paid. Right. Yes, exactly. The average person may or may not know that, but really, that's why the self-employment tax can be so brutal because self-employed people have to pay about fifteen percent. Normally, mm-hmm. somebody pays about seven and a half for FICA and Social Security. When you're self-employed, you get to pay all of it. Yes, exactly. So, um, his companies, his businesses, the employees he paid, the revenue he generates, and then the people who go out and spend the money. Those are all creating taxes for the government. So he's really done more. For tax yeah. taxes than anyone else has. Private wealth creation. I mean, isn't that what this company is all about? Do we want government creating jobs and creating wealth? It never does in any other experiment. So why would we think that it's somehow going to work here in the United States? Well, not that I'm above using a shovel, but Obama <laughs> was always talking about shovel-ready jobs. But, you know, once you get that hole dug, then what are you going to do? Fill it back in? Yep. Uh, dig it out? I don't know. Right. Shovel. Well, it, well, what you're doing is you're taking capital from people that know how to leverage it and use it and make profit out of it, and you're giving to the federal government, who is terrible at managing money. That's why they're $19 trillion in debt. Yes, Yes. Makes absolutely. sense to me, huh? Mm-hmm. So thank you guys for watching our video today. I can tell we're, uh, this is an experiment. I'm using another uh, device right now, but we were able to get a lot of uh, new market uh, last time. If you want to tune in to americaswebradio.com, go ahead and do that as well. You'll probably be able to get a little bit of audio. This is a work in progress. Facebook has got uh, some really cool live feeds. I know you were able to use it in Cleveland some and yep. being able to kind of report live from the road. It's really helped out this new uh, element of of people that we call citizen journalists. And uh, I just think it's fabulous that so many people, I said fabulous, oh my God, somebody shoot me. Uh, I just think it's amazing, tremendous, that we're able to broadcast from anywhere in the world. And anybody that wants to tune in can flip the phone on for a few seconds and say, ah, this show sucks and, and turn it to something else. Everyone should want to tune in. I think they should. That's, yeah. It's very insightful. So, um, so, yeah, you said shoot me. Did we talk about that rifle raffle No, yet? not yet. <laughs> and that is something that I think you should go ahead and bring up now. Because I, I think it's going to raise some, uh, some eyebrows, some hackles, if you will. Well, um, you know, everybody has a raffle. Not everybody has a raffle. But, you know, raffles are popular. You, you buy a ticket. You, you drop your ticket in the fishbowl. And then at some point they, they have a drawing. Well, in North Carolina, a gun group has decided to raffle an AR-15 rifle with a picture of Hillary Clinton. So the picture comes with the AR-15 when you win that. Um, I just think it's fun to say rifle raffle. Say that three times. No? Rifle raffle? Rifle rifle raffle. Okay. I could do do it. That would be six total, uh, a riff on a rifle raffle. There you go. Being a very pro-Second Amendment individual myself, I would love to, you know, be part of that raffle. Now, since it's North Carolina, there are probably some restrictions on Mm -hmm. who can uh, do that. But they are going to have the drawing on Election Day 
November 8th. And uh, I just think it's uh, fun. Well, I think that's cool, too. I think it's interesting they're giving away certain things, which I don't know. Connecting the dots is going to certainly offend some people. I'm surprised this hasn't come out yet because, obviously, uh, Hillary can basically, you know, let four Americans die in Benghazi, delete tens and thousands of emails. Did you see last week or maybe the week before she was screeching about, why aren't I 50 points ahead? Yes. And I I told Miss Clinton, I said, you lose a point for every 1,000 emails you delete. Uh, there you, you, you go. You do the math. Well, I think um, that they were adjusting her meds. Remember the one day on the plane and she looked really sleepy when they were doing the interview, yeah. like she was had been tranquilized. And then she did the uh, union, the video to the unions, and she was pretty wired up. Yep. Um, so th- I think they did get her meds correct for okay. the debate. She well, they looking, did. She, did. she was well, looking lovely. She looked I will alive. Give her that. I want to give a shout-out to Madame Tassad's Museum of Wax. No. They almost made her look lifelike, didn't mm. they? Uh, she did seem more prepared than Donald Trump, especially after the first 30 minutes when mm-hmm. he was t- kind of in his comfort zone. He got thrown off having to defend a few things, and this birther issue, he clearly did not handle that as well as he should have. But the, um, he could have just said, look, I already have told you that at a I'm, press conference with right. 20 vets that got to speak for 30 minutes while CNN was <laughs> tuned in. Yeah. I think what they'll do before the next debate is teach him how to answer the question briefly and then just pivot to what right. it is that he wants to Try to be about. more direct, and that way he can turn it back onto the questioner. Right, because got, when you, you talk about stop and frisk, right. a lot of places are doing stop and frisk, right. and it worked. It was effective. Right. They exactly. did not need – he didn't need yeah. to spend Well, let's go ahead and take our first break. I'm going to try to see if we can fix this uh, live feed. It is kind of going in and, and out And go to my Facebook page. Um. I'll try and put it there. <laughs> so we'll try to fix that. we got Christy Riggins, zpolitics.com. We're going to talk a little VP debate and also the Opportunity School District and some other items that have popped up in your Georgia news. See you in a minute on Greg's List. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. 
And welcome back to Greg's Us Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's Web Radio.com. We're uh, here co hosted today with Ellen Deal with uh, Stump for Trump. And we also have uh, a couple guests calling in. First off, Christy Riggins, ZPolitics.com, joining us again to give us an update. Christy publishes a morning newsletter that comes out in your uh, inbox and also writes a lot of editorial and hard news for ZPolitics.com. Christy, welcome back to Greg's Us. How are you? Thank you. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. We're experimenting with all sorts of new technology here to reach a broader audience with the uh, the wonderful pros that only the listeners here on Greg's List. But, uh, well, listen, what did you, uh, you want to talk a little bit about last week's debate and also give a little preface for tonight's debate? I think that would be... Let's talk about it. Okay, cool. Well, uh, we, we talked a little bit about the first debate with uh, Trump and Clinton. I want to hear what your reaction was and a little synopsis from... Uh, uh, from your mind yeah well um i'm not too sure how important my opinion is when like overwhelmingly it seems like voters seem to think that um donald trump really didn't pull out as well as he could have at that last debate um you know i i think that i tend to agree with what a lot of folks are saying which is that he really dominated the first um half hour of the debate he stayed on point he stayed on message he kept calm um, and then uh, somewhere around there when Hillary Clinton started attacking him, he lost a little bit of control, and I think it was the um, it could have been the personal attacks you know, that ended up getting him. Um, so I think that the interesting thing about tonight's debate is going to be that really, um, you know, the, the two candidates, QVD candidates, are going to have to, you know, try to, Mike, you know, Mike Pence's challenge is going to be to turn around um, you know, what happened to that last debate to try and project a presidential ticket that's um, confident and, and sure of itself. And um, and Tim Kaine is going to have to continue to bring on that heat. Yep. Well, did you think that Trump um, overreacted to some of the attacks? I, I think clearly the birther issue was handled uh, poorly because he had just <laughs> – Hadn't he just done a news conference where he owned CNN by making him sit there for 30 minutes waiting for him? And then he came out and said one thing. Hey, Barack Obama was born in the U.S. Let's move on. I mean, he he could have totally flipped that on his head at the debate. It was it was that. And then there were several issues that he just didn't pound Hillary on. You know, he, he started to kind of engage her on the emails a little bit. He could have gone after her in a tougher way in that. I, you know, I there's a part of me that wonders if maybe... He had some advisors that were trying to tell him to pull back a little bit on, you know, not trying to make her look like a victim. But, um, I mean, you know, the, the one thing that we know about Donald Trump for sure is that, I mean, he doesn't really play that way. When when he decides that he's going to attack somebody, he's going to go for the jugular. Um, and I think that maybe the, the points that he did that on were not the best for him. Yeah, and, I mean, he really needs to, to be speaking in very direct compact sentences, I believe, because, you know, unfortunately, sometimes his stream of conscious <laughs> takes over and, uh, well, you just never know what's going to come out of his, his, his lips next. And that's problematic <laughs> because he'll have half thoughts. And when he said the United States was a third world country, he didn't really finish that sentence. And he really didn't get lambasted as much for that statement as I thought. There were, I guess there were other things that the, uh, the media vultures were able to pour over. All right. Well, let's talk about tonight. Uh, as you mentioned, you think 
Mike Pence needs to um, try to get a more presidential tone. I do think tonight will be about policy and um, certainly more wonkish than the other debate was, um, and also uh, more boring, I guess, the, the proverbial elephant dart to the neck, which is why, uh, can you think of any ways we could jazz it up a little bit? I think we should have the ring announcer do Maybe we could have ring girls go around, too, I or, 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 or firemen for the ladies. Drinking games. Drinking, okay, the drinking game could certainly fire it up. Ellen Deal's here. She's with the Stump for Trump team. Ellen, say hey to Christy. Hey, Christy, how are you doing? Hey, I'm great. How are you doing? Good, good. It's great to be here. I don't know. I think the Trump the debate tonight is going to be pretty exciting. It's going to be an opportunity for Mike Pence to really show everybody what he knows about the issues and what he knows about the candidate as well. Well, let me let me just tell you. I mean, uh, you know, a couple of facts that I I guess saw kind of looking ahead of the debate are, you know, seven in ten voters are saying that they're going to watch tonight, but only fourteen percent of them say that the vice presidential pick is actually going to sway their vote. You know, if you look at the polls um, for last week's debate, over half of the voters said that. Yeah, if one candidate performed well or didn't perform well, then that actually could impact their decision. Right. Um, it, you know, and on top of that, uh, these polls are showing. I mean, I guess it depends on how much you you trust the polls, but um, you know, in a CBS News poll that came out recently, sixty-seven percent of Democrats um, were unsure how they felt about Tim Kaine, and fifty-seven percent of Republicans were unsure about how they felt about Pence. But when you have 70% of voters who are going to be watching tonight, it just it seems like the pressure is going to be on for them to make sure that they really carry their party's message. Yeah, and I mean, they're um, certainly have much, Pence has much more legislative and gubernatorial experience than Trump, which is why he was such a good uh, balance to the ticket. Um, you know, I think he has a lot more to offer for to benefit Trump than Kane does to benefit Hillary Clinton. A lot of the Clinton zealots were disappointed that she didn't put a a more liberal person and I mean liberals all relative in it, but uh, liberal as far as like a um, you know the, Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts or there's plenty of other uh, folks that uh, probably could have stepped up there. And it was also rumored that she might try to go with uh, you know putting a, a Latino on there or uh, uh, go with a diversity ticket, which obviously. She did not. She went with two Lily Whites, so they are about as diverse as the Republican Party as far as the ticket goes, right? Well, and actually, yeah. Greg, there's one interesting thing that you and Mike Pence have in common. Do you know what that is? We – no, I don't. Am I, am he I, used to be a radio show host, so uh, I think he's going to have a bit of advantage in terms of banter and mm-hmm. responses and knowing how to tie a lot of issues together. Yeah. Yeah, well, he did really well. I mean, when he was uh, announced um, prior to the RNC, he was very well received in uh, Cleveland. His speech was was very well received. He's clearly uh, educated on the uh, the issues. Um, he's very socially conservative, which uh, can can actually I think hurt us in the millennial vote as as Republicans go. But uh, we'll we'll hope that uh, hope for the best tonight. I guess right. I don't know the again. I you know I keep falling back on polling, but um, you know I, I reported this morning that a recent poll said that Donald Trump is actually 16 points ahead um, when it comes to the millennial vote than Hillary Clinton is. That you know Hillary Clinton sent Cory Booker down here to Georgia last right. Um, it was yesterday, and I mean for that reason, if she's just having to pull out all the stops to appeal to millennials. 
um, you know, your your Bernie Sanders voters are are not in favor of her right now. Um, but the you know the young conservatives who are who are looking for a different direction for the country seem a little bit more receptive of turning their gaze towards Trump. Yeah, well, I think they look at uh, him as at least something new. Hillary Clinton is a, a recycled candidate and uh, really doesn't offer uh, anything to anybody, I don't think. Let me uh, let me turn the uh, page real quick and talk a little bit about this uh, opportunity, opportunity School District, which in Georgia has become, uh, you know, it's really become a... A very controversial issue lately because we have these two opposing forces, if you will. You have the opportunity folks and then you have the opportunist folks that uh, have some really strange donations from from special interest donors that uh, has come to light recently, like in the millions of dollars. And that was pretty interesting to see that posted yesterday on Twitter to uh, find out that a lot of these local PTAs apparently want to keep the status quo of failing schools in their areas. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's what's interesting is, you know, so you, like you said, you have um, you have two main groups. You have the um, Opportunity for All Georgia Students group that, you know, really kind of led, you know, by some folks who are in Nathan Deal's corner, and then you have uh, the committee to keep Georgia schools local, um, which is really just kind of a, a fancy way to say, you know, like we're a teacher's union. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, we, we just want our own control of, of failing schools. And um, and they so far have collected $2 million from the National Education That's a, That's amazing. So the NEA, right? Uh, National Education. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's an amazing I mean, That's an amazing figure. What, what are they using that for? Direct mail, you think? or? It's, it's direct mail. It's going to be, um, you know, events. It's going to be television, lots and lots of television. I mean, watch just watch in these next couple of weeks as the television on that particular issue gets turned up, you know, ahead of the election. Um, it, it will be interesting to watch because right now um, the, the pro-Opportunity School District group has still raised a significant amount of money they've raised 1.2 million but there's i mean that they're almost 50 percent behind you know what what the nea has contributed so it's going to be a very very interesting battle um you know to watch that play out do, do we I have mean, any polling you know, on that do I i'm so glad you asked okay of course we do <laughs> yes um no a, a, a recent landmark rosetta stone poll said that Right now, 39% of Georgians favor um, Opportunity School Districts and 41 oppose. But interestingly, 20% of voters are completely undecided on this issue. Wow. So the air war that, that is going to come out of it, I, I mean, it, if, if I were a consultant on, on either one of these sides, that's the big takeaway for me, is that there are a lot of minds and a lot of hearts up for grabs with this, mm-hmm. and some really hard-hitting television ads and, and some mass media buys could really help swing this ahead So there's of that money vote. to be made. As I said, this is also the opportunist school district. Yes. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> 
What are you? Uh, are you a yay or nay on it? Have you decided? Ah, uh, you know, I I don't have kids, so I might not really be the right person to weigh in on <laughs> these kind of issues. But you own a property. Property. Uh, the, the I thing, do own a property. See, the thing about real estate is uh, the values go up the more schools improve, and your economy is going to improve. So it's one of these things where I do think that its actual impact is a little overblown. A few years ago, we put the charter school amendment on really hasn't come up that much. So I, again, I think this is uh, a little bit of, um, you know, special interests combating each other somewhat. Um, the the fact is, is, if you want to keep the status quo for your failing school, you're really failing the property owners, the teachers, and the students in your local fiefdom, in my opinion. Christy? Yeah. Well, and, and also to remember is that every single time any education ballot comes up for a vote, um, it, you know, in the legislature or, uh, you know, in, with a referendum. I, I mean, school interests, like you said, the status quo will always cry wolf. They are yep. always going to freak out and say that, you know, this one amendment is going to lead to the total yep. destruction of our children's futures and education. But, uh, you know, you look at what's happening right now in these failing school districts, right. and there's nothing to show us that it's going to get any better. Nope. That, they've but they've, they've literally at, had a long time to improve it on their own. It hasn't. Uh, we got to wrap up here. Christy Riggins, zpolitics.com. Thank you for calling in. We'll be back with Weston Kirk from the uh, Trump team in a couple minutes. You are listening to Greg's List. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. 
Is it backwards? And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of series journalism, only on America's WebRadio.com. We're joined in studio today with Ellen Deal, who was nice enough to co-host once again. We had such a good time last week and had some really good uh, new listeners tune in, which is always exciting because, uh, you know, the more folks we can reach, the more exciting things will be and the more informed and educated. The masses will be. Speaking of educated and informed, joining us now from Team Trump, Weston Kirk calling in. And uh, Weston's been up to New York recently. To, uh, he's been working on the campaign and has done a lot of the, the work on the grassroots here. Doing, uh, I believe he's president of Millennials for Trump, and he'll help me out with his exact title. Weston, welcome to Greg's List. How are you doing, bud? Hey, Greg. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. What is your? Is it? Are you president of Millennials for Trump? Or I, I think I got that. I'm sure I got that wrong. But uh, sure, I'm, I'm the chairman for the Georgia Millennials for Trump. So okay. anyone from the age of 16 to 33, you're a millennial, and uh, I'm your uh, you know kind of point person for the Trump campaign. Okay, cool. Well, tell us a little bit. Uh, Ellen had a, a, a good lead in. What do uh, what? Are millennials appreciating about Donald Trump? What do they like about him? Why is he appealing to them? I can certainly say, well, certainly his opponent, or his opponent certainly is not appealing. But uh, Trump has to have some positives for him. So let's let's hear what uh, what your opinion on some of the positives he may have. Sure. So some of the messaging that he's given and the direction that he wants to take our education system is really strong. He wants to eliminate Common Core and, and bring education locally. So those that are in high school that will benefit them more. Uh, for colleges, he's trying to put a pressure on university systems that if they want government funding, that they need to find ways to cut costs so that the, that the cost of college is no longer so burdensome. I mean, when you walk to college today, you've got $25,000 in debt and no job in your field. Um, so the other side of the coin, he wants to increase the economy by uh, 3 to 6%. And you know that's a bold that's a bold case, but I think that we can do it. We've done it before, and if we increase economic growth and and uh, bring more money um, back into the hands of taxpayers, and uh, then we can start growing the economy, growing jobs, and that will give people a way to pay off the student debt in a relatively quick amount of time. Yeah. Do you think that um, Hillary's comments about the deplorables and also the comments towards the uh, Bernie supporters about living in mommy and daddy's basements, do you think Trump is going to be able to capture, capitalize on this? I think he's certainly done well with the deplorables. They've got their own Twitter account now. Um, (laughs) uh, And and, I mean, that's really, that'll let you know you've made it in America when you have your own Twitter account. Clearly, you have uh, crossed the finish line. I'm being slightly facetious, but uh, I thought the mommy's basement line kind of showed how out of touch Hillary Clinton is. It illustrated very succinctly, in my opinion. And Trump has, if nothing else, has been a master at uh, being able to define his opponent. Well, it's really nice when Hillary Clinton actually tells the truth and shows her real character. Yes. Um, she does believe that most of America are just deplorable, un-American, and, and uh, you know, unsavable people, uh, which is just not true. I mean, you go to a Trump rally... Uh, and obviously Hillary hasn't. But if you go to a Trump rally, they're massive. It's every walk of life. Uh, so deplorable people, I mean, we kind of taken that as a, as a badge of honor, those that have been with Mr. Trump since the very beginning. So it, it's, that's galvanizing the base. And with um, Hillary continuing her attacks against the Bernie Sanders supporters, I mean, it's just so despicable. Um, you know, the one person that's probably really deplorable is 
is Hillary. Um, and so, yeah, the, the basement dwellers, the people who had a job, I mean, she's, she was part of it. She's been in government for 30 years. It's her and, a, and a Barack Obama's economic policies that have led to the demise of the millennial generation and their economic opportunity. Right. Um, so, uh, Weston, have you thought about doing anything in an entrepreneurial status, like maybe making T-shirts like those deplorable T-shirts that talk about, you know, I live in my mom's basement? <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if anyone wants to make shirts, uh, I'm not the most creative of type. So if, if someone wants to make shirts, I'm happy to give them an avenue of of influence. Yeah. Um, and then also I wanted to ask, with uh, with your Georgia Millennials for Trump, do you have any events coming up? I, I do. Thanks for asking. We have a, a very large Millennials for Trump rally going on Sunday, October 16th mm-hmm. at 2 p.m. at Georgia State University. We're very happy to have them hosting us. It's going to be huge. Uh, <laughs> that is great. great huge. list of speakers coming in. Uh, some are going to be very special guests that only if you're in the room will you get to see them and, and know them at the time. Is of Milo co- is Milo coming back? That's all I want to know. That that's right. That's all you want to know. Milo <laughs> Yiannopoulos will be here in <laughs> Atlanta. It's his only visit to Atlanta in probably the next year. Uh-oh. So you definitely want to make to see uh, to see him in person. <laughs> now, did you say if there's any cost of admission for your event? It's absolutely free with free parking in GDAC. Um, we'll have plenty of people to show, you know, the direction to get there. It's all on Eventbrite, so get your tickets now. Um, and so as far as the millennial age range being 16 to 33, um, can I come as like a chaperone? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm older than that. Hey, you know, it's, it's open for everyone of all ages. You can, be the, ho- you can be the house mom, Ellen. <laughs> I, house mom. I had a 13-year-old reach out to me. I said, absolutely. And I've had people who are eighty something years old that want to go. Well, I'll uh, bring so yeah, absolutely come by. Yeah, yeah I'll bring um, sunscreen, antibacterial, and band aids. <laughs> so. Thanks, mom. You know what? That, that's re- I mean that that'll keep everybody from from getting any uh, any bacteriums and getting any deplorable uh, diseases. Uh, well, we yeah. do have we do have a big event. You're um, Atlanta Young Republicans. I actually aged out. You were there with me. Uh, Ellen, when I aged out on the floor of the convention on July 21st for being a young Republican, but I self-identify as one, so I'm still going to go to meetings. Tonight, the debate watch party, where it's Weston, it's in uh, it's in Midtown, right? Hudson Grove, sure. Midtown? It's at the Hudson Grove, Midtown. It'll start at 8 p.m., so if you're in the Midtown area, uh, please attend. We'll have about 100 people, free apps, um, and then also the Georgia Trump headquarters, which is where I'll be tonight up on 8607 Roberts Drive. Mm-hmm. Headquarters will have a debate watch party starting at 8 as well. Okay. If you want to get there early, make some phone calls, happy to have people do that. So if you're on the north side of town and can't get all the way to Midtown, you've got uh, activities at the uh, the Trump um, headquarters, which is in San Actually, it's pretty damn close to where we are physically right now, so we would actually probably pass by it. Weston, I, I want to see uh, if you he, if he can give a little constructive criticism to Donald. What would you, if you could just sit down with him and say, Donald, we really need you to improve this for the next debate, or this, this message, I think, would really resonate with people. What would you, your advice be? Well, there's two things. One, I would say I love mellow Donald. <laughs> very calm and cool and, and mellow. Yep. That's my favorite Donald, and I, I think a lot of people would appreciate more of that. Right. Uh, he doesn't need to attack himself, or, you know, to defend himself so much. He needs to continue to attack Hillary. Um, she's got a very terrible record, and you hear it in his, in his speeches at his rallies every day. 
So I'd like to see some of that um, come out more and more hitter, mm-hmm. uh, uh, more and more. Yeah, I called it the mellow. Uh, I think I, last week I called it subdued when he was in the first uh, – 30 minutes just really hammering Hillary Clinton on her lack of experience doing anything productive but living off of the backs of taxpayers and <laughs> irresponsible world leaders. He did an ex- a, a, a pretty good job uh, prosecuting NAFTA and how bad it was. And I, I do think he was speaking directly to these voters that he needs in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Michigan and Ohio, some of these states. Supposedly, uh, Clintons have kind of given up on Ohio. They think Trump is actually going to roll through Ohio. Which okay, I have to jump in. The reason they gave up is because they had a, a truckload full of fake ballots in big black boxes <laughs> stored up in a warehouse somewhere that somebody <laughs> ran across. That's why they pulled out. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I've, I've I've heard they've given up on Florida and they've given up on Ohio. So you can see them running for the hills. Yeah. Okay. So what was the other thing that you would ask Mr. Trump to improve upon? Or did well, you it really it really was those two things okay. to to be a little bit more um, mellow and yep. to be. Um, um, to be more aggressive against aggressive against, on Hillary because yeah, she has plenty, there's, there's plenty of ammunition uh, out there to use against her. I mean, there's a whole litany of uh, documentation, and even the, the mainstream media has picked her apart a little bit. And she's been so evasive about things that uh, I just think he should be able to bring a little bit of his uh, persona from The Apprentice and use that uh, against her. That's right. I think you should turn to her in the next debate and say you're fired. Yes! <laughs> Weston, are you, you're on radio. I just did the hand motion. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, I mean, you know, you see Julian Assange is now going to release um, documents every week for the next 10 weeks. I think he has all of the deleted emails, which will show oh, wow. how crooked Hillary Clinton truly is. Yeah, well, with J- Julian Assange, WikiLeaks, he's actually hiding out in the Ecuadorian embassy in London, I believe, and they released something yesterday. I didn't really uh, investigate the veracity of it, but supposedly it was something where Hillary Clinton asked, why can't they just drone him, which uh, I guess that's an interesting way to say, let's just murder the SOB. Hillary Clinton has kind of a trail of bodies uh, following her in the past, uh, certainly the past few years, where anybody that's had any kind of uh, the information against her that was going to... Um, testify has has ended up mysteriously dead. Okay. And, uh, yeah. I have to jump yeah, in real quick with the rifle raffle. We were talking about the rifle raffle earlier and people were offended. Oh, you can't raffle off a rifle with a picture of Hillary Clinton, but she can do what you just said she did. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead there. Well, yeah, she has a she has an alleged kill list of now uh, 39 people. Is it? Jeez. Uh, so you She's know, got uh, almost where there's th- smoke, there's fire. More than three dozen, and, and some of them have been, you know, the guy, the young staffer that was was killed in D.C. Uh, there was nothing stolen from him, and he was about to join the Bernie Sanders team. There's a bunch of folks you can probably type in Clinton body count on Google and find out all sorts of information. Um, Weston, final thought here. Um, I really want Donald Trump to get a little more specific on his economic plans and how it will help millennials. Uh, do you have any thoughts real quick? We've got about a minute for our, for our break. Well, there's a lot of policy speeches out there, and so I, I would urge people to go look up Donald Trump's economic policy speech. Okay. Um, and, again, listen to the rallies. They're very exciting. Um, from the economic message, it's bringing back jobs. I think that's 
what makes any economy thrive, mm-hmm. and that's what he's going to do. He's going to protect American jobs. All right. Well, Weston Kirk, president or um, ambassador, emperor of Georgian millennials for Trump. Did I get it right that time? A chairman. Chairman. <laughs> ding, ding. I got it right. Well, anyway, we appreciate you calling in. I will try to stop by your event tonight as well. Team Trump will be hosting a debate watch party at Lady Young Republicans at uh, Hudson Grill Midtown. You can also stop by and make calls for Team Trump. Pretty much you guys are open. Uh, at, nine to, yeah, 9 to 9, Monday through Saturday. Sunday, 1 to 8. We're doing uh, grassroots door knocking every Saturday starting at 9 a.m. to 4 Great. And, uh, yeah, just come by. We're happy to get you involved. Cool. Plenty of places to get involved. Thank you, Weston Kirk. And we'll go ahead and, uh, I guess, take our uh, final break here. You've been listening to Greg's List. We've had a great show today. Christy Riggins from ZPolitics.com. Talked a little bit about the Opportunity School District. I'd like to get some more people in on that sometime. I, I feel like I'm probably about 60% uh, in the know on it. Um, you always want to know what the enemies are up to as well, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what I need to do to figure out, you know, what tactics they're going to use. We It was revealed yesterday that they have a lot of outside money that's poured in. So we'll follow up with that in a little bit. You're listening to Gregsis. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Thanks. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren, on Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back. You are listening to America's Web Radio.com. Joined here, co-hosted today with Ellen Deal Stump for Trump. We uh, had a good time last week and really brought in a lot of new listeners to the program. Um, a lot of people are tuning in right now. I do think we've got kind of a, 
uh, a polarized electorate where there probably is only about five to eight percent undecided um, in the general presidential election. You've got to think that Gary Johnson um, is not going to peel off the eight to ten percent that he's polling at just because the nature of polls versus reality where the libertarians just tend to they'll answer a phone poll mm-hmm. and they'll talk for 20 minutes but they don't go vote um huh. it's it you know or maybe you get a disgruntled republican or a disgruntled democrat which not the hardest thing in the world to find right now right uh and they are wanting to do a protest vote they'll talk to it put it this way you, it takes a special breed of person to talk to a pollster for the 20 minutes and i've talked to pollsters before if you don't answer all of the questions and i mean some of them they'll get down and say on a scale of one to five, what do you think about Trump's economic plan? These these polls can be yeah. very arduous to, to have to answer, not not necessarily hard, but just you've got to talk for 10 to 20 minutes. How many people actually have the time or the patience to do that? So you could talk for 10 minutes. They can only have one question left, and you could hang up for them. The call could drop. Uh, you could, you could, you could, they could hang up on you accidentally. They would not be able to use that data. Then yeah. that suck. Yeah, I mean it's a shame. <laughs> yeah. I, I did one survey like that one time. When did you were the recipient of the phone call? I received the phone call. It was prior to the Republican National Convention, okay. and oh my gosh, they went on and on. Was about, it this year? Uh, yeah. Okay. Everybody and everything. It okay. was. It was yeah. very lengthy. I've had a lot into cab, and since I have delved into politics, I I end up answering it because I know that they need the data, and so we had a lot of local issues that were. Uh, in cab, especially about the education lost. Mm-hmm. And so they asked me, you know, what I would vote for. And since it was anonymous, I I was honest. And I, I believe I went all the way to the end of the call. So Very my good. opinion was recorded. I want you to bring out your lanyard. We, uh, oh. I had never known there was an actual term for the rope thing that hangs around your neck that holds mm-hmm. your credentials at events. Until I went to be a delegate up in Cleveland, and I was given one and had to wear one, and uh, I was able to trade uh, passes with Ellen here for a couple, couple hours um, for some of the sessions. Yep. And so we were kind of lazy. We probably should have just traded the passes. Correct. But we traded the whole thing. It was kind of like at the end of Star Wars when the Leia's putting the awards. Yes. On so you were saying like being at the Olympics and you were it was getting fun. the gold medal. And so she gave me her lanyard and didn't really tell me how emotionally attached she was to it until much later. I'll bring it all the way up. And so she's going to show and demonstrate here a couple of the yeah. things. But you, well, hey, what? So oh, describe, we're on the radio. Yeah, so you know what? The, uh, how do we do radio? The all right. So for, for those of you that are listening, if, um, if you know Marine, you know what the Eagle Globe and Anchor is. And that was my dad's pin from when he was in the Marine Corps. Now, keep in mind, she gave this to me to wear. Um, I and, and I was wearing it to some of the open bar events. So um, so that was great. <laughs> and then this um, was my mom's. It's a Swarovski red, white, and blue heart American flag pin. And that was very special to me. And um, did I already mention that I'm fond of the Second Amendment? So I, we won't talk about how I got that. But that's a, a Glock pin. And we'll yeah. just leave that at that. So I was pretty amazed that um, first that, I don't know if you were brave or foolish to trust me with that. But when you called and were were looking for it, I was like, oh, yeah, I let some other person borrow it. And I hit, you know, she wasn't named. Ellen wasn't 
angry, but the text messages I got back were repetitive. Were, <laughs> they were like, "Who gave? Who did you give it to? Where is it?" I could hear kind of a a raspy voice, kind of yelling at me. Maybe somebody's head spinning around a little bit. The text started coming in all caps. I I was able to reply, and I had five more texts to reply to. Never get into a text battle with a woman. You I should have. So my sorry. wife has. My wife has taught me that. Um, to never get into a text battle. Everything. Where are you? I'm here. Next thing you know, five more texts from the wife. When are you coming home? Why, why, why aren't you here? Blah, blah, blah. That's what I'm having to deal with. Yours, with all the sentimental value on there, I... Uh, it was my fault. It there, was a that? prayer answered that we were able to find out who had it. I was able to remember who I had given it to. I was able to put Ellen in. Who did I give it to? I no, I, I stumbled upon this one. Oh, you actually saw? And I saw, <laughs> I saw the Glock pin, and I said, hey, I have a Glock pin. And, and, and then I saw the other side of the lanyard, and I about fell out oh, of the, the club level area of the stadium. So, But, hey, let's talk I'm, about the Senate vote. I'm glad you got it back. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, no, very interesting. Uh, oh, for, for this, the first uh, for the be able to sue Saudi Arabia to be able Arabia. to sue Saudi Arabia yep. for nine eleven. I just thought that was great that um, the House and the Senate, in a, a sweeping bipartisan rejection, uh, basically a face palm to our President Obama. Um, the Senate vote was 97 to 1, and the House was 348 to 77. So right. that was last Wednesday that Congress right. voted overwhelmingly to override. And Nancy Pelosi was one of the ringleaders of this uh, to, to support in a bipartisan measure the right of the 9-11 surviving families to sue Saudi Arabia and win damages if Saudi Arabia is found uh, was found guilty of supporting terrorism. I do think that uh, the likelihood of them having a successful win it's it's not very likely. Uh, so so Obama and, and some of the uh, detractors of this worried that it's going to open Pandora's box for aggression on American citizens. I uh, Again, it's one of these things where I think the detractors are the chicken little, the sky is falling, when it's really not going to have a, a big impact. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of Republicans start to have second thoughts about it now. I think they've been... Um, Hit up maybe by some of the some military folks that do have legitimate concerns. I just don't think that that it's very likely that you're going to be able to sue a government for acts that that citizens, as long as you can't really connect the dots between them. We, the United States is not going to be responsible for everything one of our citizens does. It can't be. Right. They're, not, they're not going to lose anyway. Well, but the Amer- the United States would also not take credit for for those actions. Um, Donald Trump is for all Americans. He's not just for black Americans or brown Americans or white Americans. He is for all Americans. And Weston Kirk, who was just on, um, said something that that just kind of I want to repeat. If you have not watched a Donald Trump rally, um, just go out to YouTube and watch one of his most recent rallies. You will see and you will hear how he is for all Americans. And there was a woman that was interviewed on a Chicago television network recently, and she did a great job explaining that if a terrorist is walking down the street, they're not going to pass by the black people or the brown people and say, hey, let's just blow up the white people. They're going to blow up all Americans. We are all Americans, and Donald Trump wants to be the, re- the president for all Americans. And I think that you're seeing his boldness and his courage 
transfer to other people like the Senate who were finally strong enough to stand up to Barack Obama and say, no, we're going to we're going to. I do think that that kind of ushered in the official lame duck era for Barack Obama. Also, the um, Supreme Court said they would not rehear the uh, Immigration Act that he was trying to um, I guess protect you know millions of uh, illegal immigrants from deportation, and um, obviously they're rushing to get them registered to illegally vote. All sorts of illegal voting has been uh, revealed lately, which I think is just. Uh, I, I, I'm happy that we're finally seeing this revelation because it's it's not just in one state; it's in almost every state. We're seeing a lot of folks, people that are associated with the Democrat Party are getting arrested for voter fraud and voter uh, misuse. And um, I just think it's about time that the curtain was pulled back on this because mm-hmm. I think it's obvious that the Democrats have engaged in, in voter fraud for years. Yeah. And they blame Republicans for suppressing the vote when all we do is want to have people show a photo ID when they vote. we got to wrap up here, folks. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, AmericasWebRadio.com has a replay uh, tonight uh, at 6 p.m. And we will be back next Tuesday with uh, an outstanding show. I'm going to send out something. We've got um, the um, the veteran that was supposed to be on a couple weeks ago, Travis, and he is going to be talking about the 22 suicides per day. He'll right. be here in the studio. We're going to send out some special promos on that. That's going to be a can't-miss show. We'll see you guys on next week. Thanks for listening to Greg's List. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.